Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the PH Nutrition Podcast. We are back with another listener Q&A. And as always, I've got, well, I'm going to call you my co-host, Luke, because this is not me interviewing you. This is the co-host, Luke Hall, one of our coaches. Hey, buddy, how are you? How was it open? Give us an update because we've just finished it. We're recording this on Monday. How did you get on? Yeah, it was a good, man. It was a, that was a tough last workout to finish on. I think it caught a lot of people by surprise, me included. Like I probably got a little bit cocky looking at it, thinking, yeah, we'll get through those strict handstand push-ups. We'll get back to that eight bar and maybe we'll get some. And that did not happen. The, the second barbell humbled me massively. I just got out of the six minutes, got a few strict handstand push-ups, but it was, uh, yeah, to me by surprise. And I think a lot of people are feeling that way, which is always good. You hate to be the the one guy who was like, oh yeah, that, that was tough. And everyone's like, really? That was fine. So I'm glad that a lot of people, a lot of people are in the same boat. I'm glad for that. Yeah, it's one I'm really disappointed. I missed this open because it seemed like a lot of fun. <clears throat> as much as people don't like Castro, I think the programming this year has been so much better. Seeing people get better snatches, muscle up, stuff like this, rather than just oh, well done, you had eight minutes of burpees and deadlifts. So uh, you know, like it was last year. So uh, I think it's been fantastic. But next yeah. year we'll be back stronger. But good, good to hear you got through it, buddy. So look, we're going to fire through. We have got six questions, which is a nice number. Sometimes we get quite a few, so this is a nice number to get through. Uh, so we're going to crack straight into it. And we got Faye does fitness. She has asked any advice nutrition wise post a boozy night out with a hangover. Lukey, what what are we saying? Cool. Let's, so let's look at this from the hangover approach, uh, first of all. And the hangover side of things is always a tough one, but there are a few things you can do to kind of help alleviate the symptoms a little bit. One of the main kind of causes of the symptoms that we get with a hangover with the headaches and, and those kind of things is dehydration. So really nice and easy, making sure that you are rehydrating as best as you can, as soon as you can as well. Mm. We know that alcohol it changes the levels of vasopressin within our system, which causes us to pee more. That's why we pee so much when we're drinking. We lose a lot of water. So in the morning, what could be good to make things nice and seamless 
is replenishing some electrolytes and some water first thing. Maybe even having that set up next to your bed, ready to go. Although that's probably going to be quite hard to think about when you're stumbling home after a night out as well. So that might be a tough one. But get replenishing some electrolytes, getting some water in is the first thing that you want to do there as well. Um, you're probably better off with a hangover as well, thinking about prevention more than the cure. And thinking about, okay, how can I minimize the impact that this is going to have on me the next day? couple of things that you can do. Uh, one very interesting thing about drinks, the closer that a drink is to pure ethanol, at least the, the kind of less symptoms you'll have of a hangover, if that makes sense. So like clear spirits or like higher. clear spirits, exactly okay. clear spirits. So not necessarily kind of higher, but stuff like gin and vodka. I've done a little bit of research to show that that yeah, leads to less of a hangover the next day compared to stuff with kind of like more kind of flavorings in the darker spirits like rum, whiskey, that kind of stuff, beer, red wine, all those kind of things. So there's that as a little kind of thing to think about going into it. And you want to make sure as well that you are lining the stomach a little bit. Because when your blood alcohol levels change dramatically, everything is worse. So if you can kind of level out the blood alcohol levels by lining the stomach and giving you some and a little bit of carbohydrates to kind of like delay or reduce the peaks and troughs of blood alcohol levels then you're going to probably do yourself a big favor going into the next day so, so usually a lot of people yeah pre-eating pre yeah. and then probably having a little something when you get back in as well and kind of the key oh, thing dangerous. there that's dangerous exactly it is dangerous <laughs> it is dangerous and so that's why the key thing there is a little something a little something not going for the classic um yeah meat fees burger chips chicken nuggets that kind of stuff on the way back kebabs all that kind of stuff which to be honest it's probably going to help reduce your hangover but when we're thinking about it in the fitness sense if you're you know looking to lose weight or anything like that it's obviously only going to be a negative thing in that regard but if you kind of plan having something when you come back even if that's a couple of slices of toast when you get back in to kind of help line the stomach again help keep your blood glucose levels a little bit more and yeah. you're probably going to be thanking yourself in the morning as well. Sadly, there's no like big cure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I That's think you thing. can also do stuff that, that makes you feel a little bit better in yourself as well, almost. So getting those electrolytes in in the morning, getting the water in, that will help with the dehydration. Getting up, getting some fresh air. Man, <laughs> Whenever people. Biggest one. Yeah. Biggest one. Yeah. Getting outside, yeah. moving you know like seeing it like i used to go i used to have to do swimming the next day when i was in uh, clubs i used to go and do on my day off we used to have to do i used to go and do re a rehab like a rehab center and i'd always have like aqua therapy with this uh with this lady for like one of the first things and all the boys because it was a day off we used to go out the night before and i didn't want to miss out so i'd always be a little bit sluggish but being in the water being outside like afterwards it, it sorted me out massively so yeah don't fester yeah. it's uh it's up and get out and then but yeah like you say mate, it's good stuff well. yeah what yeah what, what about eating wise like what about any, any food specifically like eggs for choline anything that we deplete when we drink like what, what's what's you know is there anything out there in terms of the actual yeah. research out there, there's no like strong, nah. hard evidence. And that's why I always think it's best to do what makes you feel better. And so if what makes you feel so like for me, for example, I will tend to after a hangover or have eggs on toast, but I'll have a smoothie as well. I don't know what it is, but the freshness of a little bit of kind of fruit and getting some vitamins in nice and early on. And again, yeah. a drink that is going to help with that as well makes me feel better. Even if 
there's no evidence to say that, you know, getting those micronutrients in is going to help. Whatever makes you feel a lot better as well is such an underrated principle, I think, as well. Like whatever makes you feel good the next day or feel that little bit better as well. But I think one of the big things is prepping almost, which sounds dumb. And it sounds like I don't want to prep my food before a night out sort of thing. But the next day, just having a plan doesn't have to be pre-prepped ready to go, but having a plan of, okay, cool. The next day, get my electrolytes down, have that for breakfast, have that. So I'm not festering. I'm not thinking about what am I going to have? I'm not reaching for delivery to get some waffles or whatever delivered the next day that kind of thing as well i think that's that's always the the way to go i think you're absolutely right buddy being having the fridge stocked with good stuff is is very underrated isn't it like i think your smoothie with you know the micronutrients and the you know i don't think it i don't think it's a a coincidence that you feel better on that hydration good micronutrients good quality food so trying to start your day with that is probably gonna help you feel better quicker like you say, eating something poor quality, not drinking, not hydrating and waiting till later in the day. So yeah, good stuff. And obviously sleeping it off, you know, having a little nap in the afternoon, but that's not, not nutrition related phase. So I apologize. We've, we've uh, gone off, off topic. In the end, it, there, you can do little bits, but if you've gone all in, it's yes. probably, you know, there's not, there's not a lot that's going to make a difference. Time, time is the only thing. Um, but yeah, good stuff. Faye, she also asked the next question. So so technically not nutrition, but it does. But does female contraceptives impact weight loss, stroke hunger? She says she's struggling. Now, did I did a lot of reading on this, actually. And uh, there's been a, there's been a bit of research on different contraceptives and its impact in weight gain. And there isn't a direct correlation on any of the studies, any of the research studies. And we'll pop these in, in the, the show notes on the website as well. Uh, so you can have a little look through them. But there isn't any direct, uh, you know, uh, correlation between it. So some, but some of the reasons why it might cause weight lo- weight gain is fluid retention. There is an increase in muscle tissue sometimes, especially if you're one that's uh, increasing estrogen. And there can be, like I say, changes in hunger signals. Uh, just due to obviously fluctuation in hormone levels. Again, this is very individual because there's so many different contraceptive pills, you know, all with different levels of estrogen and progestin. Some have both, some have just estrogen. So again, without knowing more detail, without knowing your history, it's very challenging. But the research shows that there's no direct correlation. Now, if we took that from a practical, now if we're looking at it from a practical point of view, potentially if Faye, you're saying that, you know, you're struggling with weight loss and hunger, you know, maybe you put on a little bit of body fat. Is that due to an increased hunger, you know, that you've got and you've just been overeating compared to, you know, what you have, what you're doing previously, which has caused an increase in body fat. It isn't due to the hormonal changes or that's caused weight gain. It's due to the hormonal changes that maybe changed your hunger and you cause you to overeat. It also might be that I say there's an increase in muscle tissue, estrogen can be anabolic if, if you know for women combined with strength training so you can get an increase in muscle mass again without without knowing a little bit more detail uh, yeah that is a, is a bit more challenging the the research like i say results are uncertain uh, it's it's something that i spoke about on a podcast recently that with contraceptive pills you know women are on them for for years and years and years now if you've come on to one or changed then it's it's again it's so individual to the to the female to the individual and it's individual to that pill so it might be that you've increased the levels in the, in that in this in a new pill that you've taken 
or you've changed or you've switched unfortunately it's a little bit of trial and error now if you are struggling with hunger then you need to like say employ some strategies to be able to kind of mitigate that and that could be increasing protein increasing fiber increasing less calorie dense foods you know like you say those more fiber rich foods that are not as energy dense you know like such as vegetables such as you know like root vegetables instead of grains you know swapping out kind of energy dense proteins for more leaner proteins you know these this type of thing can help manage your calories but still help with hunger management so yeah i'm 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 sorry to say that the, the you know it's it's frustrating if you're struggling, but there isn't any kind of you know, evidence-based research to say, yes, this type of pill is going to cause weight gain uh, or, or whatever. So, yeah, unfortunately, it's a, it's a bit of a tough one. I will pop those studies and stuff for anyone else that's interested. And do you know what I think we need to do? We need to probably dive into that. It's a little bit more. might get Chloe and uh, come with some of the other coaches to do one on contraceptive pills and training and nutrition and weight gain and hunger and you know dive into this this kind of area a little bit more so yeah, keep keep your eyes peeled and we'll, we'll get that one on the uh, on the list cool next one we got rach underscore wins my son is 14 and enjoys weight training he has asked me if he can take protein supplements first of all fantastic that your son is lifting and enjoying weight training at 14 and this is this is an interesting topic luke what's your thoughts on this yeah, this is a good one because this was me, basically. This was me when I was 14, 15, yeah. 16 in the gym weight training and asking my mum, you know, oh, mum, I've been reading Men's Health. Can I get some protein? Can I get some creatine? That kind of stuff as well. And the, the kind of my, my sort of view on it is uh, he's at a time when relationship with food is, is interesting. Relationship with his body image is interesting as well. Like that's a, a, a time where uh, when we're teens, we are constantly kind of thinking about our body image the way we look and that kind of thing because we're trying to impress other people around us our peers that kind of thing we're growing up learning who we are so the weight training if it's kind of geared towards um aesthetics uh which isn't necessarily a bad thing but if kind of adding in more supplements gets to a point where he kind of almost can become obsessed with it then it may be a bad thing so i'd say that the, the first sort of thing to to do is make sure that his diet is good and he's enjoyed himself and he's not over restrictive. He's not going down yeah. any of these kind of signs that we might see of people struggling with kind of body image, struggling with uh, their relationship with eating as well. So making sure that he's not being overly restrictive at mealtimes. He's not kind of showing any kind of patterns of, uh, you know, being a little bit more nervous around food and anxious around food. And if he's got a really good relationship with his food throughout the day, then of course he can take protein supplements. I think I'd say my, this is just kind of from my own personal experience as well with my mum. And the way that kind of my got my mum on board almost was went down a um, protein supplement that was quote unquote, like better for you, like found one that was like organic, that kind of stuff, yeah, yeah. like of sort of went that route. Cause, cause, yeah, because I thought it would, you know, get her to kind of be a bit more yeah. on board sort of thing. Ultimately, I think protein supplements, a good analogy for this, maybe not a good analogy now that I'm saying out loud, is if he's weight training, he probably needs a little bit more protein. And if he's not necessarily getting that from his meals at home or his meals at school, then it can be a really easy thing to just add in after his session. As long as it doesn't become something that that takes the place of meals and that kind of relationship with food starts to drift, then I think it's okay. I think obviously as with everything in supplements going down the uh, checklist of is it safe is it trusted and a whey protein safe 
trusted, get it yeah. from a trusted supplier, my protein, bulk powders, that kind of thing, nice yeah. and easy. And just make sure that you kind of have the, the conversation with them and, and be like, okay, sweet. If you're just using it for post training, for recovery to kind of help, then happy days. I don't think that's necessarily going to be a bad thing whatsoever. But I think at that age, because there is kind of that danger of that relationship with food snowballing into something else, um, it's key to kind of make sure that you both understand what it's used for, why it's used, and it's not going to take the place of proper nutritious meals. Uh, And it's not going to lead to him being super restrictive around eating or anything like that as well. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think I don't see an issue with it at all. No. Uh, But the education's got to be there prior to this. You know, like Luke said, you've got to educate them on where they can source protein from whole foods first. Make sure that that is being consumed on a regular basis. So then he knows where to get protein from. You know, the issue is, is that school, you don't know what the, if he's having school meals or if you're making them, but historically, you know, there's relatively low in protein, what he would get if he's eating at school and whatever. Uh, so as long as the education's there, I don't think there's an issue. There isn't any kind of negative effects. It's again, again, you've got to look at the dose. He's not going to be training nine times a week. So he's probably going to be taking a supplement maybe two to three times a week. Um, so I don't think that there's an issue at all there. But yes, he can take supplements. Like we use it with, you know, academy players in the, in football clubs because their load is there. But again, the education of where to get protein from, from whole food sources has got to be there prior to it. It's not just, yes, you need it because you're doing weight training. You don't need it. And as long as you've taken control of that situation, I think that you're absolutely fine to, to do it. Like you say, well done for training me. I'm showing my age. I was not weight training when I was 14. You do not want to know what I was doing when I was 14. Uh, So yeah, good stuff. Next one, Charlie Daly one. How to maximize performance playing rugby on a Saturday whilst in a deficit? This is a very good question, Charlie. What we want to try to do, so if you can take a look at your whole week. Now, obviously the on game day, Saturday, what's the priority? It's performance. That's what you got to do. You got to have high energy levels. You want to be feeling good. Like that is not the time to focus on fat loss. So what you want to do is make sure that the 48 hours prior to that, your mindset, your food, your nutrition is set up to ensure that you're fueling adequately to perform at your best on that Saturday. So what I would suggest that you you eat towards a maintenance calories. So if you don't know that, you need to... Again, you should know this because you need to be creating a deficit. So whatever you created, you need to be eating towards a maintenance calories, okay, to ensure that you've got adequate levels of glycogen, that you're feeling good, leading into a game where you're focusing on performance. Now, after that and around this, this is where we would advise to maybe use higher days and lower days, okay, in terms of calories, potentially carbohydrates and fats. So what you want to do is... Make sure that, you know, whatever you're doing after the game, if you're having a few pints, if you're having recovery shakes, whatever you want to do, that's good. But then the Sunday and the Monday might be days where you kind of slightly lower your intake, even bleeding into the Tuesday, okay, depending on your training schedule, what you're doing. So this is where I would say your nutrition needs to be slightly lower on in, into a deficit on three to four days a week. So maybe like, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, depending how you're feeling. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning, 
before your session, before you sorry, before your game, you need to be eating towards maintenance. Now, if you look at that from a bird's eye perspective, you're going to be in a deficit for you know enough time in the week to be losing body fat. The issue is that if you're two days or three days where you're eating where you're meant to be eating at maintenance are going to be putting you into a surplus that's going to negate the, the deficit. So I know rugby culture, it's a few pints, it's whatever afterwards, but you've got to manage that afterwards to ensure that you're weak, you're still in a deficit over, okay? But you for, for performance side of things, do it away from the game. So you might be training Wednesday, I don't know what, what level you're playing at, but you might be training on a Wednesday night, you might be training Tuesday, Thursday nights. But again, you're going to have adequate time to fuel for the Tuesday, even in the deficit. And then again, on Thursday, you're going to be eating that maintenance. So that's how I would approach it practically. Um, you've got to just take that look of, of away from it. And then what I would suggest long term, like a longer term approach, is look at times away from games to be a bit more aggressive with your deficit. So what you can then do is go, right, I haven't got a game for a week. I can spend two weeks or 10 days in a bit more of a deficit, a bit further, like, again, Two ways to create a deficit as well in that time. You can increase your output, you can decrease your intake. So it might be that you just increase your step count. It might be that you sit on a bike for 30 minutes a day. It might be that you do an extra kind of in training session or two to increase, to you know, to kind of create that, that deficit. But utilizing times across the season when you haven't got a performance-related outcome that you've got to fuel for, that's when I would be a bit more aggressive to get into a adequate weight or sorry, an ideal weight. And then what you can do is just then move the, the, the maintenance calories out a little bit further. So you could do it on a Sunday and then only be in a deficit Monday, Tuesday. Um, so that's how would I approach it. But does that sound okay? Does that sound a bit like how you would maybe set someone up if we're looking at team-based sports or performance-related yeah, yeah. sports? Definitely, definitely. Looking at the the, the periodizing the week, like you said, where you're in a deficit, kind of three or four days a week. For I'd probably say four days a week, and then three days of the week, looking at that kind of maintenance yes. to fuel that that training. That's that's definitely how I do it. And then obviously thinking about the big picture and getting ahead of yourself, kind of ready for next season almost, and use the off season as the time to bring the the body fat down. Alternatively, if you're looking to bulk up in the off season, that kind of thing, so that you can just fuel for performance during. But I think yeah, when you're looking at a deficit this level like you said Liam four days deficit three days maintenance and sandwiching it in and around where you want to perform the most sort of thing yeah yeah I think also we underestimate the, the I'm doing a lot of reading on this at the moment then we underestimate the effect of neat like walking low mm. intensity stuff movement to be able to create that deficit like sometimes especially like on that Sunday you might want to eat it maintenance calories but actually just increase your step count above what you've like you've used to calculate so say if you put seven thousand steps on your thing and you put you do whatever then if you hit fifteen thousand steps you know whatever and you go for a nice long walk or a hike that's it that isn't going to impact your recovery necessarily it isn't going to impact your muscle soreness from the game but it's going to help you to burn enough calories to create that deficit rather than you going i've got to eat 300 calories less you know which might impair your recovery so you can still you know there's ways about it charlie so i hope that kind of helps mate but yeah use that framework periodize a week then look at the bigger picture like luke said good stuff right joanne b hilton has asked best recovery snacks please very polite question joanne fantastic question what, we, what can we what can we hear with luke best recovery cool snacks? uh 
A fantastic question. I think uh, I'm looking at this from a couple of angles. I think you're looking at kind of the acute recovery. So if you're kind of snacking after a training session and you need to recover from that, the three R's always ones to stick to. So you want to rehydrate, get some water in, and then snack-wise, you want to replenish with carbs and repair with protein as well. Uh, So you're going to be looking at stuff like, that's why shakes are so good for recovery snacks, really, because you can get protein, you can throw some fruit in there as well. Uh, Just in general for recovery snacks, uh, Coach Tom, H Nutrition, is a big fan of protein and plants so obviously you're getting some protein in to help with that recovery help hit that overall target and then pairing that with some plants to get some micronutrients some antioxidants in to help kind of just yeah yeah keep that up and reduce the stress on the body as well so some examples are kind of like protein and plants i'd say like post-workout obviously you've got the shakes idea where you can have a protein powder some fruit in there as well could even go down the bar side of thing, protein bar and a little bit of fruit afterwards as well. And then for those snacks away from training that are just looking at overall recovery and improving that, uh, you can go with things like, you know, nuts and some berries and that kind of stuff where you're getting just tons of good stuff in. Obviously in the nuts, you've got unsaturated fats, which can help with recovery too. Uh, yeah, just just thinking about that. I mean, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of more, but, but pairing protein and plants together is always yeah. a really good one to go for. I like the, uh, you're absolutely right. The closer to the workout, Joanne, that you want to be using protein and carbs, like Luke said, away from the, you know, recovery is a constant thing, especially if you're training regularly. You know, it's not just in that post-workout period. So the way from the workouts, it wants to be more balanced, protein, carbs, and fats. And like Luke said, they're nuts and fruit, protein, fats, carbohydrates, so a nice kind of balance of macronutrients. You know, for me, you could be using, you know, hummus, carrots, and rice cakes. You could be using cottage cheese and oat cakes, maybe a bit of smoked salmon if you're feeling really fancy. Uh, you could be using boiled eggs and pairing it with a piece of fruit or a small bagel or, you know, like a bagel thin or something like this. Utilizing kind of mix and match sometimes works quite well. So it doesn't have to be like, do you mean like a protein bar? It can be like bits and pieces. Uh, so we have tons of ideas on our Instagram under snacks, snacks by calories, uh, vegan snacks i think they're under our guides um, section as well on our instagram so if it's not under there off the top of my head i can't remember i think it is uh, go back through some of the things we've got tons of stuff we if you subscribe to the newsletter you get a free link to our snacks that we use for a lot of our clients which has uh, i think eight, 16 or 18 different snack ideas at all different calories so again you can prick and choose of them like some of them like beef jerky and fruit do you know what I mean like so you're getting protein and like there's lots of things that we can do but if you if you have that kind of mindset of protein and carbs press workout around your workout more balanced away from it and like Lou says some options there that can help you out and hopefully point you in the right direction and again i'll chuck them in the on the website on the show notes as well but yeah good stuff cool emma underscore bees just started crossfit 7 p.m class what would you recommend for a pre-may meal Welcome, Emma. Hopefully you're a new subscriber if you're just starting CrossFit. We have some pre-workout timeline stuff on the Instagram. It's a big Instagram plug today uh, on the guides. So make sure you check that one out. Maybe you have, and that's why you're asking about pre-workout meal. So when we look, the 7 p.m. class is a tough one, I think, Luke. I don't know if you agree yeah. there. Like it's a tough one to fuel for. Definitely. There's a couple of options that we would do in that eating like a mini meal mini main meal at like 5 five thirty. maybe that's what she's saying like a pre-main meal so we would be looking there at uh, lean proteins so we're looking at prawns chicken turkey mince white fish tuna uh, vegan substitutes tofu etc then 
pairing that with again a low fiber carbohydrate so white rice potatoes pasta wraps bagels stuff like this and then again the lower fiber veg you know such as spinach and beetroots and bits and bits and pieces like that peas what you want to do is make sure that it is not high fat high fiber slow digesting carbohydrates because you will feel a little bit sluggish it will be taking a bit of time to digest you know that so if you're having salmon and brown pasta you know and a massive portion of it then it probably isn't going to make you feel that good and that light and fueled for that workout so an examples would be a chicken and you know avocado coleslaw wrap it could be a cream cheese and you know uh like ham bagel you know with a little bit of salad it could be egg fried rice you know with a little bit of vegetables in it like if you're at home it's these types of things it could be white fish and mash for example like because it's already kind of you know it's already cooked you know you've broken it down it's those types of things that you can kind of build it on sushi is another one it's really really easy good for you if you're kind of grabbing and going on the way to work from work is that what you want to do now the amount is obviously going to be personal to you so play around with it what i would say is that the more that you do and the more that you eat this type of thing before your workout your body will will adjust you will train your gut to be able to digest this food and train later on so play around with a couple of those options that i've just mentioned maybe rewind it and and uh, what i've just said there note a few of those down and then afterwards i would suggest that you need to have some form of protein Okay, so if you're finishing at 8.30, quarter to nine, you know, we don't necessarily want a massive meal after that, but you do need to be hitting that recovery, you know, starting that recovery process, especially if you're going in overnight. Uh, so it could be a simple shake on the way home from CrossFit. It could be some form of yogurt and frozen fruit when you get home. Again, could be something like cottage cheese and oat cakes. Like it's, it's that simple of like, if you don't like the sweet stuff, it could be something very easy to do that isn't going to take you a ton of time to get home and have to cook and prep it, that you can easily get some form of good quality protein and potentially a little bit of carbohydrates. It's going to help you to kind of, you know, calm down and get a little, you know, de-stress a little bit, eat something and, and, and help you to recover. So yeah, that's what I would play around with, but you're aiming for that kind of two hours before. Pretending on work schedule, the closer they get, the lighter it needs to be. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit of trial and error, but we'll, we'll, again, we've got a few options on the the uh, the timelines on the Instagram post. But again, rewind this and uh, note a few of those down, and then keep us posted. Maybe on the next Q and A, let us know how you get on. Cool. Last two, ninety. She's a regular question. She'd love to love to pop a question on there, and we appreciate it. How to adapt to nutrition to quote unquote long period of time of no training for work, stroke, holiday reasons three weeks and i hope you're on holiday for three weeks rather than not being able to train for three weeks i really hope that that's the case but look how would we ad- we adapt nutrition for cool so the 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 first point is energy expenditure is dropping because you're not training so you've got yeah. to match your intake to that so you've probably got to dial it in a little bit and i always think that when you structure your nutrition in such a way that it's kind of like you know what you're having each day, you know what you're having in and around training, it becomes very easy to just take out the stuff that you would normally have in and around training. And then yeah. more often than not, 
you're probably at or around your new maintenance sort of thing. I think that's a kind of very, very simple thing to do. So if you were somebody that would have like a pre-training snack and it was high carb, high GI carb, that kind of soaring kind of vibe, take that away. Boom, done. Nice and simple. Um, yeah. And then thinking about kind of the principles that, that, that Liam sort of said just then about meals before a CrossFit class thinking about the opposite for kind of your meals in and around. You don't necessarily need to be having these high glycemic index carbohydrates. You want to be having much more fiber with each meal. You want to be having protein with each meal. You want each meal to kind of look a lot more balanced realistically than normal. So prioritizing your protein and your plants, I always think is always a good thing to do. If you're not necessarily eating as much, you're not expending as much protein and plants going to be the first priority. And then looking at, okay, cool, high fiber, GI, low GI carbohydrates, your whole meal, rice, your brown fat, your, all, all that stuff that we know. And then thinking about kind of getting some, I don't like saying good or bad fats, but good, some unsaturated fats in your meals as well. The kind of stuff that you get from like oily fish or uh, avocado, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's always a good thing to do. But I think, yeah, making it as easy as possible for yourself to drop to that new maintenance by just taking out pre-training snacks, post-training snacks, that sort of thing, and then keeping the rest of your meals. And I think Anna, because, you know, she's a regular listener, she's probably already got a pretty good structure set up, good quality food. And it's much more a case of just kind of keep doing what you're doing in terms of the principles and then just dial back the volume, I always think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. The, the practicalities of it are difficult, aren't they? Sometimes if you're away for work or holiday, you, food choices can be easier to make if you're on holiday and you've got a buffet or, or it could be harder if you're traveling for work, etc. But like Luke said, automatically you, you, you can make very simple changes by just removing that and keeping a very similar structure. In terms of what I would do with a client, if they came to me and said this, I would say, you need to keep protein intake there. Like if yeah. you've if you've got a shake and you're taking that around your workout, then you remove that. You're probably going to drop protein intake. Maybe take something before. So maybe you can take that protein powder and pop it in as a snack in between meals. Top up your meals with protein because for me that would be something that I would hammer home to a client to say you need to keep your protein intake consistent when you're not doing it to try and preserve muscle mass to try and make you you know manage hunger the drop should be from carbohydrates and fats like lou said if you're snacking you're snacking on carbs potentially so you're going to drop that anyway so like luke said doesn't need to be changed too much and doing what luke said there i would just make sure that the drop comes from carbs and fats as opposed to dropping protein but we often think that we just need to use shakes around workouts where actually we can use them to top up our daily intake. You know, just have the, if you're in a long meeting, have a shake to sip on. You know, it could be something as simple as that. But hopefully you're on holiday and you have lots of amazing food and buffet to choose from. And you can easily do this and follow the principles that Luke just said, that, said there. But again, something that you can do. Uh, but also... We're not, I'm not, a, I'm not a tra- training coach, you know, uh, but you can still do stuff, body weight stuff in, you know, in the morning, you can still get, you know, hopefully get your steps up, you can still do press up, sit up, squats, lunges, jumping lunges, you know, etc. So it may be not as much your normal training, but you can still move your body and move your muscles to help maintain. And you probably don't need to do very much in a three week period, right, Luke, to, to kind of maintain, like it's pretty simple yeah. to do cool i hope that helps anna so yeah drop it a little bit 
and follow those principles. Fiona, last one, Fiona.j.w. Is it bad? Is it a bad idea to have a calorie deficit when recovering from injury? She's got a bad ankle sprain. Hmm, sorry to hear that, Fiona. Hope you are on the mend. Uh, the, the, the idea of dropping the calories, obviously, is relatively sensible because our output is lower. We want to we want to be monitoring our body fat as much as, as best as we can. But being too aggressive, especially in the early stages, can impair healing. Healing is an energy, it costs energy to help repair the body. You know, we're laying down muscle tissue, we're laying down, you know, you know, ligament, collagen production. It, it all costs energy. If you restrict your intake too aggressively, potentially, you know, lowering protein, lowering micronutrient intake because you're not eating as many calories, then it is going to slow or delay healing. How much? I mean, it's possible to say, you know, but it will make an impact. So what I would suggest that you do is very similar to what we just mentioned about Anna is actually drop a little bit from carbs and a little bit from fats and maintain protein intake uh, just in the early stages to help you to adjust, like Luke said, adjust your intake compared to what your output is at the moment. And obviously with an ankle sprain, it's going to be difficult to actually do walking. If you've got you know injured shoulder, you can still sit on a bike, you can still walk, you can still move. So with an ankle sprain, it's, it's even harder. So I would say that you should be in a, in a slight deficit, but I would say that you need to ensure that, that it's not too aggressive. So we may be looking at 150, 200, 250, maybe 300 calories, but anything more like five, six, 700, then you're going to be like, you're probably going to delay healing a little bit. What we often find with people is that they would extend this calorie deficit even when they're starting to do their rehab. Now, when you start to load it, you do then to ramp your intake back up and trying to to kind of say include carbohydrates and fats around workouts, you know, making sure that you are fueling this because, again, we're asking that we don't want the body to be, you know, in a state of stress, breaking down muscle tissue if you're not fueling adequately around a time when you're trying to build muscle tissue and strength again so one thing i would advise is when you start to get back to rehab is the first point to call is to add something in pre-rehab you know like even if it's something small really something small it could be a little bit of protein and, and some fruit it could be you know like a small snack carbohydrate based snack just because you want to be having that that stimulus correct you know you don't want to be putting even more stress on your body so it's not necessarily a bad idea if it's done correctly so i hope that helps also if you read back listen back to some of the listening q a's you can see which questions we covered we do cover a lot on injury and inflammation supplements and nutrition don't we luke i think this in the last couple yeah. of ones we've been done that as well so so yeah maybe that might be helpful as well collagen and bits and pieces turmeric anti-inflammatory nutrition so yeah both if you haven't listened to already fiona it might be worth going back through them and that's the end. That's the end of the, the another Q&A. Uh, Lukey, thank you so much. I think there's some really good ones there. Really, really good practical ones. Maybe some that we haven't covered as well. As well. So, very good. Thank you very much for everyone that, that popped their questions onto the thing. This will be uh, something that we do, like you say, you know, regularly every month. So in between that, if you've got anything that we want us to cover, any topics, any areas, any questions that you have, we always make a list of them. So we make sure that we will cover them in future episodes. But Luki, thank you so much for spending your time talking to me, answering these questions, some really in insightful stuff. And like I say, share, like, subscribe on this podcast and uh, we will catch you on the next episode. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 